race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Are you having fun yet, Perry? <laughs> yeah, well, at least I woke up to a, a mixed bag. Uh, the weather's beautiful. The sunlight right. was pouring in the window. And the phone rang and Greg said, I can't make it this morning. <laughs> so uh, he's... Uh, we miss you, Greg, but but we'll, we'll soldier on. We'll soldier on and... Uh, the reason Ronnie asked me if I'm having fun yet is because uh, we've been talking about me learning how to run this board here and push these buttons and do all this stuff. Do I need the screwdriver? I don't think so. I hope not. <laughs> uh, if I need a screwdriver, I'm in, I'm in trouble. Uh, I've been thinking about, um, been planning on run, learning how to run this thing, so we figured today would be as good a day as any. And So far, really, so good. You can't run it until you, well, I haven't had to push but one button so far. Well, we're on the air, though. Well, we are. Are we? Yep. Okay, all right, we're yep. on the air, so uh, good morning, Alan. Good morning, gentlemen. And uh, welcome. You uh, had some pretty good luck last weekend with your brother. Yeah, my brother messed around with that Wheeling Action Motorsports yeah, car. Tell everybody who your brother is. Mike Hill. Mike Hill's my brother. He uh, he worked for NASCAR for about 24, 25 years for Junior Johnson. Now he's swapped over to this Action Motorsports in this IMSA division. They run the prototype cars. He, uh, they must run. They run. I think they run second at, at Daytona with the thirty-one wheeling car was leading till they, you know, kind of had that rain delay. Then they went back right. to racing, kind of slid off the racetrack during the first turn, but still coming second. But now they must run one to twelve hours of Sebring. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's and, impressive. And it wasn't all. Uh dry weather yet of last week either there was no, a lot of rain down there, there there was a lot of rain down there in the last week they they actually got two cars they got the 31 wheeling car and the five action motorsports i mean a mustang sampling car which is uh it finished third in that division now i thought they were both the cadillacs they are both cadillacs cadillac finished one two and three the second place car was the taylor boys or taylor their daddy owns the car. Actually, one of the tailors actually went to work for, uh, went driving for, I think it was Chip Canazzi now, and left a younger brother there driving the Taylor car, which it takes more than one driver in them cars to drive right. 12 hours. Yeah. Now, has your team got to run in circles yet this this year? Uh, we're gonna get to make some. Uh, we're gonna get to make some music this afternoon. About probably about six thirty, seven o'clock. We are not gonna race. We're gonna race till tomorrow. And but we're gonna have a little practice session this afternoon at Gaffney Speedway. The track's gonna open at four o'clock. We're gonna have a practice session from like six to nine tonight, and then we're gonna go back and go racing tomorrow. That'll be fun. Oh yeah, it's now, always fun. Now tomorrow is that actually the beginning of the season, or is this a, a, a special uh, introductory this, race or something? Uh, our our season was supposed to start about four or five weeks ago, but as y'all know, it's been raining constantly every you know. But this is, I think. We need to celebrate this. This is the first week I've had no rain. Oh, it's beautiful out there. And we're going to start having some 70-degree weather, so, you know. I was at a baseball game last night, and it was gorgeous out there. It started getting a little chilly after the sun got all the way down, but it was still perfect baseball weather. But 
but we gonna get to, we we made tires up last night and stuff and uh Start. Danny took the truck trailer, went over and washed it at the car wash. So we, <laughs> you know, you got to look good going to these racetracks. Yeah, Absolutely. you do have to look good. And I tell you what, if you've ever seen uh, their their car, it's a it's a beauty. Number twenty five with Danny Tesner as the driver. But let's start off here and talk a little bit about what happened last week. Uh, once again, Kyle Busch. Uh, I wouldn't say it was exactly a benefit race for him, but he's a. Uh, Unless he screwed up, and last week he won, and even after he screwed up, so uh, you know he's he's winning everything right now. And uh, of course, the big news about that was, and I I hesitate to mention it, but the two hundredth win, which to me is I'm gonna rail again for just a few minutes now about that being like apples and oranges, how he's tied Richard Petty, but Richard Petty only did it in one series. But you know what? A very interesting thing I, I saw in the paper last week. Uh, you know, they say that Kyle Busch now has won his 200 races over three different series, three different national touring series, okay? And uh, 94 of those wins are in Xfinity or Bush. 53 of them, I guess, now are in uh, Cup, and the rest of them are in the Truck Series. All of Richard Petty's were in the Grand National or Winston Cup division. However, as is pointed out right here, he won a 1959 convertible race in Columbia, South Carolina, which at the time was a NASCAR touring series. Right. I mean, to me, they, he's got 201, if we're going to count everything. Yeah, and and a little bit of a defense of, of Kyle in that at the time when Richard was winning all his races, they were having two and three and occasionally even four races a week. That's true. So he had a whole lot more opportunities to win races You're absolutely than, a, right. than a race driver does today if he doesn't do more than one series. Well, Kyle Busch now has done it. And um, Richard Petty won his 200 races uh, in 1,184 starts. While Kyle, Pe- uh, Kyle Petty, Kyle, I knew I was going to do that. Kyle Busch did it in 996 starts over all those series. Right. Uh, I mean, it is an accomplishment, but I, I don't know. I, I now, playing it's devil's, not the same to me. Playing devil's advocate a little bit, I was just defending Kyle. But, too, when he goes back down to the truck series or to the Xfinity series, you know he's going to have the best vehicle out there. And he leads, he leads every lap just about. I mean, it's not he sits on the pole and leads every lap. And Richard did that a lot. And one more thing, there was also something in the old days. It may be called the K&W series now or something like that. But they used to have, it was called Winston West. And every year when they ran Riverside, uh, they'd stop back by Phoenix and run a race. And a lot of times it was on Monday because the race, it's, or Monday or Tuesday or something like that. And um, Richard Petty won four of those. And I don't know if you considered Winston West a touring national series. It truly was not. It was a West Coast series. But he won four of those. So, I mean, you know, maybe you could bump Richard up to 205. But I definitely think... The convertible race at Columbia should count because that was for three years. They I had can the, agree with that. They had the convertible division and Curtis Turner and Joe Weatherly and all those guys were in it. And, um, you know, I say he's got, if, if you're going to count it that way, he's got one more to go. <laughs> well, wait a minute, Perry. I, I've got I've got a couple of problems with this now. I right. think I think Richard got Peterson caught with and all in Spartanburg and Columbia Oilford and Shelby and 
all them places. I mean, you know. Well, I'm not saying Kyle Busch didn't do it. I'm just saying don't compare it to Richard Petty. No. Uh, you no. know, it's a, right, right. It's, uh, it, it's two different things. Richard did his at the top level. I don't care if sometime he had the right side tires on the left or he, he ran four times that week. He did what he did, and, and Kyle Busch did what he did. But it's it, it, to me, the two aren't comparable. You just got to put them both up on a pedestal. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, what I like, and y'all know what I like too, is way back when they didn't go over there and try to act like they was hitting each other. They was actually fights, and they was actually you didn't do what you're supposed to do, and it's just like Talladega now. I went down there. I've been going down there ever since, or the year after Allison went through the fence down there. Up to a couple of years ago, and about what was it, ten years ago? Well, it was right after Earnhardt got killed and stuff. Oh, what they do? They wanted to make it family friendly, and they did. They put police. I mean, you can't spit without them without them being on you. You can't even walk through the when you're leaving. You can't even have no fun no more. And then what happened? They wound up tearing all the grandstands down, tearing all that down, because of two things. They didn't want rednecks, and they didn't want to ditch your flag. Okay, all right. Well, we're going to cut you off right now, Terry, and because uh, I got some other. I mean, yeah, roll tide, Terry, because we got some other things we usually cover at the beginning of the show. But appreciate you calling in. Keep us honest. Yes, sir. Okay, thank you. That was Roll Tide Terry, and I really don't want to get into the Confederate flag and stuff right now. So, uh, anyway, um, what I did want to mention with a few minutes we got left here before the first break, um, did you have another comment about that? Uh, you know, like I said, both of these boys, you, Richard, you've got Kyle, you've got David Pearson, you've got Jimmy Johnson, all of them's done something in their life. Exactly. Every, every one of them's, every one of them, if you, if you could put them all up on that pedestal and line them up, and if you had a race car, which one would you choose to put in your car? I mean... You'd put you'd put every one of them. Well, speaking of who we'd put in our cars, they announced the new um, nominees for the Hall of Fame um, last week on March the thirteenth, actually. And our guest today, one of our guests, is uh, Waddell Wilson, and he's on the list. He's one of the six new nominees that they put on the list for the NASCAR Hall of Fame that will be voted on uh, May twenty second. And the list, if I can read it very quickly here, the, the, the new people on the list are Sam Ard, Neil Bonnet, Marvin Pants, Jim Pascal, Tony Stewart, and Red Vote, who should have been in like the second class as far as I'm concerned since he invented the name NASCAR. Um, and that's just one of the reasons. He was like the preeminent mechanic to begin with, you know, even before there was a NASCAR. But the 20 um, eligible drivers, car owners, uh, broadcasters, are Sam Ard, Buddy Baker, Neil Bonnet, Red Farmer, Ray Fox, Harry Gant, Joe Gibbs, John Holman, Harry Hyde, Bobby Labonte, Herschel McGriff, which I think is a great choice, Ralph Moody, Marvin Panch, Jim Pascal, Larry Phillips, who is the only five-time NASCAR Weekly Series champion, uh, Ricky Rudd, Mike Stefanik, Tony Stewart, Red Vote, and Waddell Wilson. And that was in alphabetical order. And for the five nominees for the Landmark Award, it's Edsel Ford II, Alvin Hawkins from Spartanburg, who used to do, who lived right out there on East Main Street, 
right about where Zaxby's is now and used to have a go-kart track next to his house. Uh, Mike Helton, friend of the show, who's on a, well, a lot of these people are friends of the show, but Mike usually starts and ends the season with us. And uh, Joe, uh, Dr. Joseph Matoli, who founded Pocono, and Ralph Seagraves, who uh, was one of the instrumental figures in Winston when uh, R.J. Reynolds Tobacco came in. So uh, that's a pretty good list of people. And everyone that you just mentioned, every one of them deserves to be in this Hall of Fame. Tell you and, Yep, and some of them maybe a little overdue, maybe maybe a couple of others uh, you aren't as familiar with. And as the weeks go on, maybe we'll highlight two or three of them. Maybe we'll have a couple of them on the show. I know Ricky Rudd's a regular. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll have some of these guys on here. And Waddell Wilson will be on today, and he's one of them. Now, I want to warn you people out there listening both of you, that uh, <laughs> Ronnie's going to sort of be walking me through pushing these buttons and doing these commercials, and we have to take a break right now. And uh, when we come back, um, we are going to... It's time, time for a break, right, Ronnie? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk to Waddell Wilson. And uh, this one? This one? Yeah. Okay. Slide this up and slide these down and uh, push that button. Which one? Mouse. The map. Okay. This one. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> we are going to be right back, and we're going to talk to Waddell Wilson. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Barnberg. Want to talk racing with the guys? Call the Sign Force hotline now at 864-468-1400. Start Your Engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I plantai. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon whip, no trim. <laughs> I had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John D. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. Hey, plantai. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASE certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. It's our favorite time of the year, football season, and sports talk has South Carolina covered from the coast to the mountains. This is Phil Cornblue. Join Will Pelagic, Tom Hayes, and me weeknights from 6 to 8. You'll hear from Davo, Muschamp, players, and coaches as we break it all down for you as we have over the last three decades. That's sports talk weeknights at 6 here on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina is the perfect place to decompress. 
address. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershops? If so, you need to visit the Ironsburg Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironsburg Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your haircut like you like it and in a fun man cave-like environment, then give A.J. a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironsburg Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. Hey, this is Ryan Clary. Join us weekdays at 3 for Open Mic Daily on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Okay, and welcome back to Start Your Engines. And as I said earlier, I'm... Learning to push these buttons, and I hope I did that right. And So far, so good. <laughs> we're going to jump right into our first guest. And, uh, I mean, they don't get more legendary and more famous in the garage area and around a NASCAR track than Waddell Wilson. Good morning, Waddell. Good morning to you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm sorry uh, Greg's a little under the weather this morning, but he had a birthday yesterday, and I don't know if the two are related or not, but... He called me this morning and said he wouldn't be able to join us. Well, I hate he couldn't make it. Well, Waddell, this is Alan Hill. I got a brother, Mike Hill, worked for Junior Johnson. I texted him this morning, and I told him I'd be talking to you probably today, and he told me to make sure that he told you that I said hey to you. <laughs> well, I remember him well when he worked on Junior's car. Yeah, that, that was back in the days. I can remember him. He was he was always a very nice person. Yeah, he's well. I I don't know if he takes that after his daddy or whatever. But I back in the day, like he was talking about, I was too busy wanting to run a few dirt tracks, and he was running. He was running up there with Junior and all. And I told him, I said, the only thing I remember about Waddell was is that Hardy's car, and it was good, getting upside down coming off the fourth. I think it's fourth turn at Daytona qualifying. Yeah, going through three and four. Yeah, got upside down. Yeah, didn't keep him from winning the race though. A couple of days later, no, pulled the back. Yeah, you know, that was that was one time I hated. You know, out of the things I remember about racing and what went on in the past, that's one thing I always regretted. We didn't fix that race car. You mean you didn't fix it at all, or you didn't no. fix it for the race? I fixed it so we could race it on Sunday. You know, yeah. we. You know, the guys that was working with me said, you know, they come to me and said, well, in, in a couple of hours, we're going to be at happy hour. We're not going to fix that race car. So that's the end of that deal. But I remember when I come back in the garage, I'm flipping it over, and Bill Frank Jr. came to me and said, well, if you'll fix that race car, you know, and we'll leave somebody here 24 hours a day with you. And all you have to do Thursday is start to 125 to 150, whichever it was then. You run a couple of laps and come back in and do whatever else you need to do to it. Because, you know, we'd already broke 200 miles up barrier, and that really sold tickets when we done it the year before with Benny Parsons at Talladega. Right. So anyway, I remember Junior Johnson 
was telling one of his friends that walked by it, and he's talking about this years after it happened. He said, anything goes that fast, ought to turn over. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't go, they weren't quite as stable going backwards as they were going, but, I mean, he did bounce off the wall. It wasn't like he just spun out and turned over. He he, he gave it a pretty good shot. Yeah, he did. Well, the guys up, that when we, Big Fady picked me up on pit road when we went up to the race car, and there was one of the guards standing there by it. He said, Kale jumped out of the car, and the only thing he wanted to know is he break 200 miles there. <laughs> so... <laughs> Men are going to Enfield Care Center and check on him, see if he's okay. He looked at me and he said, well, you've done everything but one thing. He said, you did put the controls in so I could fly. <laughs> well, so they, uh, touch on a couple of your accomplishments here, Waddell. You uh, you won the Daytona 500 in 1980, and uh, I mean, and that car right there was that Buddy Baker Oldsmobile. That thing, uh, I mean, you couldn't even see it coming with that black and silver. It was so fast. And uh, you also won Daytona 583 and 84. You were to, uh, you worked with Hallman Moody and Harry Rainier and Hendrick Motorsports. And your list of drivers are, I mean, and this is just a partial list, but Bobby Allison, Mario Andretti, Buddy Baker, Jeff Bodine, Foyt. Junior Johnson, Lorenzen, Yarborough, Ricky Rudd. You had a, as an engine builder, from what I've got here, 109 wins and 123 pole positions in three drivers' championships with Pearson and another one with Benny Parsons in 73. And you mentioned the first 200 mile an hour qualifying lap at Talladega with, uh, with Benny Parsons. And, uh, I mean, that's quite a list of accomplishments. And, and with you getting, on the nominee list for the Hall of Fame, and I'm you're you're getting in. Well, that'd be nice, but you know, you never know how they're going to vote. But but anyway, you know, you talk. I think about my in the past and all, and working on these race cars. And the only one I can really give the credit to is God giving me the ability to help make race cars go fast and. You know, he blessed me in that way, and I have to give him the credit. That's but the one that got me in racing and got me started was, was going home and giving me a job, you know, and then being able to work with, you know, first I was on Fireball's car, and then in 64, that was 63. And you won the and Southern 60, 500 that year, right? Yep, yep. But anyway, the next year... The start of it, you know, Ralph Moody and Lorenzo come wanting to know if I wouldn't be the jackman on their car. Well, I never jacked a race car. I said, well, yeah, I was always, you know, athletic. I played all sports in high school and college. So anyway, come jackman and I come find out they were, what they really wanted me to build their engines. So <laughs> start with, they, you know, that I'd know a lot of time take the engine to the racetrack and get them out to the port and the Mercury cars. And because it was all Ford, you know, engines and everything. So I remember Lorenzo had always come in the truck and say, where's your engine at? And he'd get it. So finally the guys caught on in the engine room that, you know, that Lorenzo was always picking my engine. And there was only six guys in the engine room. And, you know, I was a young guy at that time, and all these guys had their click. So, you know, they didn't, uh, they didn't appreciate that way it was going. It didn't make it easy on me, I know that. We're talking to Waddell Wilson on Start Your Engines with our legend segment here. Waddell, is it true that you were in the engine room at Hallman Moody with uh, James Hilton? <laughs> I remember James Hilton well. He's on Hutch's car. And uh, him Dick and other guys. That, yeah, he, he was one of the mechanics on that race car. Went with it all the time. 
Yeah, I remember James well. I couldn't believe, you know, at one time, you know, he's in there working on an extra car, and the next time he's got him a race car at the racetrack. You know, what an amazing guy. Yeah, he was Super amazing. He was amazing. We started to lose him. He was one of our show's favorites and Spartanburg's favorites, and uh, and I, I would have uh, no problem with him in the Hall of Fame either. But, you know, James uh, um, told me that one time. He said, you know, I was in the engine room at Hallman Moody with uh, Waddell Wilson, and he named a couple of other people and said, they all wound up being famous but me, rich and famous but me. <laughs> yeah, he was a character, I'm telling you. I remember with that change engine at the racetrack and he'd get up and sit on the grill part of it and stick his feet inside it and bend it. He'd put the carburetor on it and all that stuff. He was, he was, he'd done things different than a lot of people, but he was, he was a lot of fun to be around. He was, and you know, to, as a, you know, pretty much a rookie to be able to accomplish what he did and win, you know, with his little operation, that was quite an, quite an honor for him to do that. What else? You, um, I don't. I see your the uh, partial list. I'm sure of uh, people you worked with and cars you worked on, and uh, but I don't see any Chrysler products here. Were you uh, any any reason for that, or were you just a, a Chevy or a Ford man, or or whoever hired hired you at the time? Well, at one time, Richard Petty and guys they'd ask me if I'd come down there around when I started them off to there. And then Paul Goldsmith and Ray Nichols wanted me to come to Indiana. And I, no, I didn't want to be part of that either. But I, I, I'll tell you one thing. I had a lot of respect for that Hemi engine. Well, you, you did, know, you I did a lot of work I catching them. Yeah. You had a lot of, a lot of work to do catching them. Or staying well, ahead of them. you know, whenever, <laughs> whenever Richard Petty came to Daytona in 64, the, the February race, first race. Anyway, I was on Lorenzo's car. And they was over in one corner and we was in the other corner and they unloaded that car and, and Lorenzo looked at it and said, oh, that looks like a shoebox. It won't go nowhere. <laughs> so we're out there with Bud Moore and some of them. Bud had the Mercury and he was running 100 and, right at 160 miles there, somewhere in that area, you know. Then we was about the same. And Richard coming out, didn't even run the first day. The next day he come and fired that engine up and I've never heard an engine sound as good as is that engine? That was the keenest sounding engine. So he hit the racetrack. He is two mile an hour warming up faster than we was. Lorenzo took his uniform off and went to the motel. <laughs> <laughs> I had enough of this. <laughs> so anyway, we give him the race. I mean, we knew there was no way that we was going to catch him. Now Lorenzo and Freddie and I went to lunch or dinner that evening. I said, "Well, you know, we've done everything we know to do." I said, "I'd like to try some things on the engine." He said, well, okay. So we worked on that engine. I changed cam timing. I'd fancy cam. I'd retard the cam. You know, I'd heard all these old guys in the engine room talk about this and that, and but none of them had ever been able to try any of this stuff at the racetrack to see what really worked. And, and we went down there, went down there in January and didn't come back till March, so we had all kind of time to try whatever we wanted to try. And I remember Renzen go by with Richard Petty and his, where he is at in his stall, and he'd help him get in and get out of the garage. That's what he done all week. So it was amazing. But we worked on that thing, engine. It was anything we could think of at nighttime, we'd go to dinner together and talk about it. And then uh, we put cams in Fireball's engine and Lorenz's engine. We knew they wasn't going to make it halfway that blowed up. So the cam was too radical. The plane couldn't keep up with it. But anyway, 
we uh, I had to remember having to stay down there because Ford built a fire lane. That was a big galaxy car that we was racing at that time. They built a fire lane, sent it down there for fireball to test on Monday after the 500, and we done that. We went home. We went to Bristol and tested. We went to Atlanta and tested. They, Ford Motor Company wore us out in home and Moody trying to get us, you know, where we could outrun that Chrysler. And Lorenzo, believe it or not, the next seven races we run, he won. You know, we run Bristol, we won Atlanta, we run Darlington. It was amazing, you know, in that period of time, how, how good that Lorenzo had gotten. He was he was one guy, heck of a guy to work with and learn from. He was the golden boy. We're talking to... Uh Waddell Wilson on Start Your Engines. Waddell was, what, I, and I love hearing those stories. I mean, really, I could just sit back and let and let you just do the the next uh, hour and 20 minutes of the show. But, you know, was it any easier working on a Chevrolet or a Ford? Or did, uh, and, and another question along those lines, did the factories ever get in your way? I mean, in other words, when you had it figured out and then they came in and tried to help you. Well, the first question is, you know, it, Working on whichever, you know, it didn't really matter, you know. Some of the guys that get upset because we had to work on a Chevrolet, work on a Ford, and I don't want to, you know, go talk to them. I said, what are you working for? I said, you're not working for a paycheck. Let's just make this car win or forget what model, what it is, what's a Chevrolet or Ford. Because some of them didn't like working, changing. Because we'd change every once in a while from Ford to Chevrolet or whichever way. But then, you know, it was uh, working on those cars was amazing. What was that second question? Did the factories ever come in and try to help you when you oh, already had something out. figured out? I got started on that other side. But anyway, it was amazing. Back in back in the sixties, when Ford was heavily into it, and you know I was building engines for whoever's driving a company car out of home in the Moody, and I always ended up on the test with them. And they were six of those guys. And they were the smartest six people I was ever around. And they'd always say, we can't do what you guys can do, but we're here to help you whatever you need. And we worked together with them. And, you know, it was it was amazing things that we'd done back in the 60s. And I remember Leonard Wood come to me years later. He said he came and got invited on one of those tests one time. And he said, you guys are doing stuff back in the 60s that we're just now catching up on. You know, it was amazing, the Ford people, how smart they was and the good engineers. They'd always say that we can't do what you guys do. We try, but we can't. And that was actually, I was thinking about that as well. That um, I mean, you talk about going in and changing cams and doing this for Fireball and Fred Lorenzen and everything, but you just can't do that anymore, can you? No, not this day and time. Things have changed dramatically. You know, back in the day, those, you know, talking about Fireball... In 63, at the Southern 500, he wrecked the race car in practice. And we had the, the cars sitting in, that we were our street cars. And I mean, you know, a couple of them was Ford sent us to, to drive back and forth from racetrack. And we took parts and pieces off those street cars and put on that race car. So they were the same thing. And you could go to Ford dealership or Chevrolet dealership and buy the same engines that we were putting together because they'd send them, Ford was sending, you know, track to clean a load of engines in and and we take them apart, blue paint them, put them back together, and that's what we raced. You know, it's the same part, pieces. I don't care what anybody says. It was better back then. Well, and, and back in your heyday, 
engine building, I've always been told, was as much art as it was science. That you had to just have that feel for it. You know, it it was amazing. I have to agree with that. that It was a feel. You know, you could, you know, it was a lot of feel in a lot of ways. You know, whatever you want to do with camshafts and, you know, you couldn't change the boring stroke. And I remember going home and come to me two or three times and said, what else? If I ever catch you cheating, I'll fire you. He said, you you guys are good enough to win without cheating. We got the best drivers, so let's don't be cheating. And that taught me not to do that, and I, I stayed that way. But those old guys, could, you could have learned from each one of them as you went along. But what? it was an amazing time to think, go back and remember those cars and how good it was. And it's a shame these guys today couldn't. Couldn't go back one time and see how that was. They I, I, I know it, and uh, that's why we love having you on the show and your and your peers that we try to have on, you know, uh, in our legend segment every week. In the last minute or so we got left, what's what's Waddell Wilson doing these days? Well, I'm work with the uh, I'm rep the guys with uh, Magnus. It's a new company. We do uh, big rebuild the transmission. We have rear gears. We rent them. We do quick changes, you know, all anything to do with whatever kind of race car in the rear end and transmission part. Well, Waddell, I tell you what, I know the times that I've seen you uh, around at these uh, old-timers uh, conventions and, and festivals. And uh, and I, as I was telling you off the air, you know, I remember sitting next to you. I think the last time I ever went up to Alex Beams when he used to have his big shows in uh, a couple of them a year. Um, you were so kind to me because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much a, a nobody that wrote a couple of books. And, and to be able to sit next to you and chat with you, I, uh, you know, something I'll remember a long time. And I, I really appreciated that. Well, you know, we've had some good times. You know, it was always, you know, always a challenge. You know, every week it was a challenge on those race cars to work on them. And, you know, if you want to race, you only thing you think about, well, everybody's gunning at you. you got to be better next week. you got to figure out how to get more horsepower out of them and try to come up with more ways of doing it. And not even think about doing things wrong. You have to look over your shoulder because, you know, you could, you know, in the, working on those engines, you could, you could find things that would make them, make them make horsepower if you work hard enough at it and put your brain to it. Waddell, it's great having you on the show. Thank you so much, and uh, I'll give our uh, regards uh, from Greg to you because I know he wanted to talk to you this morning as well. And uh, just appreciate you coming on, and good luck in the future, and hope you'll come back someday. Okay, I'll be glad to. Thanks for having me. Okay, thank you so much. That's Waddell Wilson, who uh, is just outstanding to hear him tell the stories and everything of... uh, the Fireball Roberts and Fred Lorenzen and so on and so forth. And we uh, uh, appreciate him coming on the show. Yep. He just made he just made looking mechanic look so easy out there. I mean, but, you know, if anybody's deserving to be in this Hall of Fame, it's got to be Waddell Wilson. That, absolutely. And he'll get in there. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if he'll get into the next five, but he might. Yep. He, he deserves, he like does, you said, all 20 of them deserve to be in there. Well, well back in them bulls, they work seven days a week. Yep, and uh, well, we can talk about that later. Right now, we're going to take a break if I push the right buttons and come back and talk to Nelson Crozier. And we're, uh, uh, what? 
volume up on on this one. Yep. Okay. This is so when I push this button over here, we hear the commercial, which we are going to do. We're going to come right back with with uh, Nelson Crozier. Look, you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. Lined in the gap, the right center to the track. He's to the wall. Another grand slam home run. Catch the Gamecocks in action on the diamond all season long. Did he catch that ball? He did. Swing and a miss. He got it. Swing on, line drive, base hit to the wall. He looks up. It's gone. And you can put spurs on this one. Right here on your home for South Carolina baseball. Spartanburg's home of the Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. So what if your roommate, we'll call him Einstein, decides to microwave a metal bowl full of cookie dough and sets your apartment on fire? Yep, State Farm has an agent for that. See State Farm agent Cliff Gobert in Spartanburg for auto, renters, frankly, all kinds of insurance. Cliff's got your back. So call Cliff Gobert today at 597-1200. That's 597-1200. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Cliff Gobert, State Farm Insurance, East Main Street in Spartanburg. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to Design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Chris Foster puts both his first and last name on his business, and that means something. Chris Foster Heating and Air has served Spartanburg for over a decade. If you need repair work or installation on any heating or air system for your home or business, need gas logs and major gas appliance work or a water heater, or space heaters. Call the guy that uses both his first and last names. Chris Foster Heating and Air at 707-2343. And because things can need repair at any time, there's no upcharge for nights, weekends, or holidays. Chris Foster Heating and Air, 707-2343. The The Blue Devils all season long on your home for Duke basketball. Duke and Spartanburg Zone, Zion Williamson, right here on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. 
what's going on at this week's big race. Let's go live to Nelson now. Okay, and welcome back. Pardon me? Nelson is the phone, and there we go. Nelson, welcome back. I'm learning to push these buttons this morning, so we're a little ragged, but uh, welcome to Start Your Engines. Well, beautiful day. It's a little bit cold up here in Martinsville, but warming up. So you are up there. You you were kind of, weren't sure you, you were going to make it this time last week. Right. Well, everything's going well. Well, that's good. Did you have a breakfast hot dog, or is that just something you reserve for lunch? Reserve left for Okay, buddy. Um, all right. So last week, uh, I've already done my ranting and raving about uh, Kyle Bush tying Richard Petty's record, which I don't really think he has. But what um, what's the scuttlebutt up there about that? And uh, I know Kyle actually, I think, was trying to downplay it a little bit. But, you know, uh, I, I sort of appreciated that, too. I, I guess there is some modesty in him and he didn't want to make too big of a deal about it but what what do you think about that and what else is going on i know we got the trucks this afternoon well so far as our cow was getting 200 wins uh in touring series uh sure uh, uh it's a landmark but nothing uh you know like you said comparing apples to oranges not the same as uh richard petty having 200 uh wins in cup alone and it's something like Larry Phillips, uh, Richie Evans, and especially Ray Hendrick. Uh, you know, anywhere Ray went, anything he drove, he excelled in. You know, Richie Evans was the king of the Northeast. Ray Hendrick would go up and, uh, you know, put the hurting on him. So, uh, you know, there are lots of different arenas, uh, you know, and there are certain drivers that excel in a particular arena. Uh, Kyle is very visible in what he's doing. Uh, if we'd had the television radio coverage back, uh, you know, 30, 40 years ago that we got today, as well as the social media, uh, a lot of these other people would uh, be much more prominent. Yeah, and, um, you know, I've, I, I've never pulled for Kyle Bush, and, and it's I, I try not to let my emotions and my prejudices show on the on the air here and, and when I write books and things, but, uh, you know, to me, it is an apples and oranges thing. So, uh, you know, more power to him. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll just, cause he's going to win a lot more. So I might as well get used to it. <laughs> he's not through winning for years. No. Well, right now he's on, uh, the fastest, uh, you know, in truck practice, uh, here at Martinsville, uh, so Joe's running strong there. He's running strong uh, in the Cup Series. Uh, driving the three different series certainly gives him an edge so far as track time, uh, you know, which come the race really makes a difference. And the fact that, you know, especially in the two lower series, uh, he definitely has superior equipment. I need to mention right here before we go any further, that rascal Greg Moore that couldn't make it in this morning won again last week. Well, you know, when he pulls, I mean, when he chooses that 18 car, it's kind of, right now, that's kind of, we might need to take him out of the pro, pick him. <laughs> well, he's not, I don't have a pick for him this week, and I don't know if he's listening or not. Maybe he'll call in before we're done, but let's go ahead and get our picks in right now. Uh, Nelson, who do you like this week at, on the on the paper clip at Martinsville? I'll go out on a limb and uh, pick Clint Boyer. 
Well, that is a that is a different choice, but he's a he is a slammer and a banger, so maybe that'll be a a good pick. What do you think there, Ronnie? I'm going to go with Logano. Logano for Ronnie. and Make it two years in a row for him there. Didn't he win there last year? I'd have to look it up. I think, yeah, he did because he did. that's what he did to get into the chase. Yeah. When uh, they had uh, all but written him off, he had to win and he did. Well, I think he moved, a, who did, well, he moved somebody out of the way. I can't Truix. Remember. Yeah, that's who Truix. it was. Truix. <laughs> he to make sure he got into the... the Chase. And I was okay with it. Who you like, Alan? Uh, I, I think I'll go with Truex since he got moved last year. So I'll just, you know. Okay, that's number 19. And uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm not going to pick Kyle Bush, So I'll just go ahead and give him to Greg again. Might as well. And Greg, it's, uh, he's already scored two more points than he's ever scored in his life. So uh, we'll uh, we'll do that. And uh, so I will take... Uh, I'll take Chase. I'll take Chase Elliott. So uh, I think that's the first time nobody ever picked Keselowski. Okay, uh, Nelson, so what else is going on up there? Any scuttlebutt? Any rumors? What's the deal? Well, a 24 car first lap in practice went out and hit the wall. Uh, had a flat tire. Uh, uh, Lazori went out and uh, lost his brakes and hit the wall. Uh, cars are about a mile an hour faster than they were last year. Even though they're down a couple hundred horsepower, you know, more downforce, they get to the turn spec. Well, qualifying's this afternoon, a uh, couple minutes after five, and the race is tomorrow at 207. Well, Nelson, sometimes I've seen them cars up there lose, actually lose a cylinder, and it actually helps the car up there at Martinsville. Have you noticed that? Oh, no. Uh, absolutely. No question about that, but. Uh, you know, only having 750 horsepower to start, uh, losing a cylinder would be a little bit more to overcome than it had in the past. So last year, I saw some cars that had 918 horsepower. Ooh. So, uh, you know, when you lose uh, 150 horsepower over 918, that's not the same as losing 150 off sure. 750. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, you know, we've got uh, HS tires for tomorrow. Uh, you know, same tire they've run uh, the past couple of years. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be interesting. Tomorrow's going to be hot, so uh, the setup's going to be quite a bit different. Well, I know Martinsville has uh, provided plenty of exciting races over the years because uh, it's always a good place to uh, settle up old scores and, uh, and, and start some new ones. So, uh, Looking forward to that. Now, the trucks, I think, run uh, today at 1 o'clock, although it comes on the air. I don't know if Fox uh, FS1 has a soccer game or something, but it, they don't come on the air until 2 o'clock. Uh, right. I, you know, tomorrow the race is at 2.07. I didn't pay attention to what time it starts today. Yeah, no, I, I, I looked it up, and it it said... FS1 at 2, and it had tape after it, which they don't, I don't think use tape anymore, but I knew what they meant. And right. uh, and so I looked at the schedule and it's 1 o'clock, so evidently Fox has got something um, else that's going on. But anyway, um, Nelson, I didn't know if you caught any of our interview before uh, you came on with Waddell Wilson. What a great guy. Yes, you, 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 uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure you, you've got interaction with everybody over the years. What do you know about Waddell that you could tell us? Oh, uh, Waddell was very good at putting uh, people together to do uh, specific things. 
Uh, he had an aerodynamicist, you know, before most any of the other teams even thought about it. And uh, supposedly, you know, paid $30,000 on one car just to get little aerodynamic tweaks, which were fully within the rules. But remember, cars used to have drip rails on them. Right. Uh, well, then they took them away. Why well, don't put them back on? But they were like little uh, winglets, uh, you know, tapered and whatever. Uh, a very uh, meticulous attention to detail, uh, you know. And as you said, he, he started, you know, uh, at the bottom and worked up. Uh, but back in that era, that's what you did. Uh, Richard Petty works on his car. Uh, it sometimes even drove the horse. So, uh, you know, back then, that, you know, you didn't have a specific job. It was whatever needed to be done. You did it, whether you were the driver or, uh, or the tire changer or the jet man or whatever. Uh, if something needed to be done, you better know how to do it. Well, you know, the thing that strikes me, and I don't mean to throw off on on the people of the day in the garage area, but it, it, it just sounds to me like racing in general, but really what he was talking about, the engines and changing cams for fireball and all of that. I mean, it sounds like it took some imagination, uh, or you could use your imagination, uh, you know, and as long as you stayed within the rules, but I don't even think you've got that much leeway today, do you? Uh, not really. Uh, you know, uh, the engines, they've limited so much what you can do. You've got to run the same engine three or four uh, races, you know, before you rebuild it. Uh, so, you know, they've tightened up rules in every category. Some of them to save money, theoretically to save money. Like this weekend, there's a Saturday show and a Sunday show. You know, no Friday. Uh, does it really save money? Uh they're, if they've got the money, they're going to spend it. Uh, just the question is, where are they going to spend it? You tighten up the rules, say so you can't spend it here. Uh, they'll spend it you know, on the simulator or on the dyno or the pull-around rig. Uh, so you're not really saving money. <laughs> Last week I was listening on the radio, uh, sitting out trying to soak up a few rays that I haven't seen much of in a while. And uh, they, the, the radio guys... Uh, interviewed some fella from Toyota and he was talking about how after this race was over, the one last week uh, out in California and they were talking about how the Toyota engines are built in California, how they would just take that engine straight out of the car, uh, I, this is the way I understood it, and send it to the the shop, and I can't remember the name of the company, I'm sure, TRD or something like that. TRD, and, right. Yeah, send it to them and uh, and they'd probably get that engine back you know, in two or three months to use again. I mean, that's... Uh... Right, but the thing is, uh, this year, depending on uh, the races and whatever, you have to run a given engine three or four races, uh, you know, without tampering with the short block. You know, you can change valve springs, things like that, but you're very limited on what you can do, uh, you know, before that engine's rebuilt. Yeah. But like what... The engines they ran at Daytona, they ran at Talladega last year, and they were sealed at that time. Well, back kind of, whenever I was there, what it, I mean, Nelson, we had that qualifying motor. If you didn't make first-round qualifying motor, you had to leave it in for the next day, which was Saturday morning. Then you had your race motor. And sometimes you just kind of got behind the eight ball from the very start. 
Oh, no question. Uh, you remember uh, when uh, Mike was working uh, up for Junior? I think it had, uh, took him nine minutes to change an engine at the racetrack. That's unbelievable. They had, they had everything hooked to the engine. They just said, pull out and stick the other one in. And after that, NASCAR said, no more. Yes, sir. I, mean, you, I think in uh, those days, you already had it hanging on the hoist or something. You just slid under just it. Just about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then after they changed the rules, we couldn't change the engine. Uh, remember one time at Dover, uh, Earnhardt uh, wiped a cam or something. They changed the cam, uh, you know, before, uh, I guess, during the race to get him back out there to get some more points. i tell you what. Uh, well, people are going to start switching off the radio if I don't stop talking about how great it used to be but it that, I mean, that's yeah that took that took some doing nelson we got to get up against the break here and uh it's great hearing you i'm glad you're at the track this week and uh i hope you got a uh you, you pack some alka seltzers or something there some tums because i uh, lunchtime is upon us yeah eat three or four hot dogs for me too <laughs> Well, I think Greg still holds the record. I believe he ate 23 in one day. Good Lord. That's okay. I won't even, I'll have to ask him about that. Nelson, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Very good. All right. That's Nelson Crozier. Our, uh, what is he? Smartest man I know. Smartest man I know, too. I tell you what. And, uh, and I know a lot of people. <sighs> I tell you, he's, uh, He's been around a long time. He knows everybody. He started back in the 60s, about the, the early 60s, about the same time that uh, um, Waddell did. But we're going to take our top of the hour break here, and we're going to come back in the second half with uh, um, Alan's got us a, somebody lined up. Uh, his name's Josh Helms, and we will be right back after these station breaks. You're listening to Start Your Engines. Baracus. Is Fox Sports 1400, WSBG Spartanburg, now on FM at 98.3. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because Hot Dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories, 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Thanks for the memories. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward to find out more visit upstatelogistics.com that's upstatelogistics.com speedy lube and inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car let speedy lube asheville highway and inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle speedy lube offers professional asc certified mechanical service for your car be it an oil change ac work tires brakes front end or any type of major or minor repair trust speedy lube in inman open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets. 
to build wealth and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Hey, this is Arnie Spanier. In sports, a trade can make or break your team. A good one can mean a championship, but a bad one can set your franchise back for years. It's no different when it comes to selling or trading in your car. You need to make good choices. And with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. Just go to True Car. Simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Got a sports package or a moonroof? Watch as they bump up your car's value in real time. High mileage? You already know what it's going to cost you. But now you know how much it's going to ding your wallet so you can strategize your next move. Once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes. Then, just bring your car into a local certified dealer and they'll check your car with you together. After that, you can cash out or trade in for a new ride. So, when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True cash offer not available in all areas. Hey, not to brag, but Buffalo Wild Wings is the official chicken wing of the NCAA. Yep, soak it in. You know who isn't the official chicken wing of the NCAA? Your couch. Because your couch doesn't have a partnership deal with the NCAA. So do you want to be home on your couch, the official nothing of the NCAA? Or do you want to be at Buffalo Wild Wings? The official place that has lots of TVs and beers and screaming fans, and it's officially better than your couch for college basketball. Buffalo Wild Wings. Please drink responsibly. As the Blue Devils reached down and slapped the floor. Here come the Blue Devils. The Brotherhood. O'Connell for three. Let's go. Delorier in transition to throw it down. Dumps off by White. This is Duke basketball. Here at the lob. Williamson with a two-hand shot. Follow the Blue Devils all season long on your home for Duke basketball. Duke and Spartanburg Zone, Zion Williamson, right here on Fox Sports 1498 3FM. Live from the Beacon Drive In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. Fox Sports 1498 3FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines here on Fox Sports Spartanburg, the Beacon Drive-In Studios. That was smooth. Well, I didn't have to do but one thing. <laughs> but you did it smoothly. Well, I, I, we had a little bit of dead air there after uh, after we tried to go to the break because I didn't 
push something, but I'll get the hang of this. I promise I will. Well, you kind of looking like Waddell working on the engine over there. Uh, <laughs> no, Waddell, when he worked on the engine, he knew what he was doing, I guarantee you. But, uh, Alan, who, uh, we got a guest coming up here in about 20 minutes. Why don't you tell us who we got before we get to him? Uh, we got a boy that's uh, kind of been racing. Uh, he's not about, I think, about 19 years old. He started off running uh, goat carts stuff like that with his family and stuff and now he's moved up to these cars and stuff uh the boy's young he looks like he's got a little bit of natural talent to him i've watched him up at harris one night has he got a name yes his name's josh helms thank you now tell <laughs> us what he did <laughs> but now he raced up at harris one night and he was just it looked just he was so smooth out there on that racetrack and uh Matter of fact, he went to Traveler's Rest last Saturday night. We did have a race last Saturday because we had a little bit of dry weather. And Traveler's Rest actually got a race in. And I've got the rundown right here. As well, go ahead and give it to us. All right. Thunder Bomber Futures, Patrick Henderson, Crate Sportsman, Devin Morgan, Extreme Four, Travis Jamison, Thunder Bomber, our BR guest, Josh Helms, 602 Crate Late Model, Billy Rushton, Renegade 8. That is a new division that they started out over at Traveler's Rest. They took Stock 8, kind of combined it with Renegade. And we've got a Wally Fowler. Everybody should know about Wally Fowler if they listen to this radio. He's a, he's one of our old-time drivers. He sure is. Pure Stock. we got another one. And I'll have this guy on in the future. His name is Nathan Pierce. They call him Showtime because he is Showtime. Okay. <laughs> Young Guns, Preston Kelly. And that wraps up the divisions there at Travers Rest. Uh, they actually had a race there last night, but I'm not going to give that rundown again right now because uh, they some of these boys, actually, they've done one two in a row as far as at this racetrack. And uh, I'll be getting this... Uh, update here pretty soon matter of fact here it comes in right now well while you're getting it and getting your thoughts together i'll give you a second or two here in a minute i just want to touch on the we went to the cup results earlier that kyle bush won joy logano was second uh brad keselowski third kevin harvick fourth and ryan blaney fifth that's a lot of that's a lot of gibbs and a lot of penske there and a, with a little hoss thrown in the point standings as far as the Cup boys go, Kyle Busch is out front, as you would expect him to be, with a 15-point lead over Joey Logano. Kevin Harvick is third. Denny Hamlin is fourth. And Brad Keselowski is fifth. Uh, looking quickly over at Xfinity, who was off this week, they uh, they ran the uh, Production Alliance Group 300, and uh, that was at California. Cole Custer was the winner. He actually had a fairly rousing duel with Kyle Busch and kept him from getting that elusive number 200 a day earlier. Kyle was second. Christopher Bell was third. Tyler Reddick fourth. And Chase Briscoe fifth. And I've got to mention that uh, Jeremy Clemens started 13th, finished 14th on the lead lap and has gotten pretty much better every single week since that almost last place finish at Daytona. And he has now moved into 16th into the standings only two points out of 15th. Uh, that standing, those standings are Tyler Reddick is uh, leading the points right now by seven over Cole Custer. Christopher Bell is third. Brandon Jones is fourth. And Austin Sendrick is fifth. And quickly with the, the, uh, the trucks, and I have those right here uh, somewhere. 
It has slipped away from me, and they haven't run now in two or three weeks since uh, since they ran at Las Vegas. But they're running today, and as we talked with Nelson, that's a one o'clock start of the race. But it actually won't be on the air on FS1 until two o'clock. But um, of course, Kyle Busch won the last race. I think the last two races they've had. Of course, he, and he's not eligible for the points. So the point standings in the truck series, which runs this afternoon at Martinsville. Grant Enfinger, Enfinger there's your points leader. Harrison Burton is six points back in second. And that's, as we said, Jeff Burton's son. And he's probably going to have a grandstand full of fans up there because that's, uh, that's his neck of the woods in Virginia. Austin Hill is third. Stuart Friesen is fourth. And Brett Moffitt is fifth. And uh, so we'll have some truck action this afternoon. You got some more for us there, Alan? Uh, yes, I do. Traveler's Rest. They run again last night because uh, they usually run on Friday night. Uh, Young Guns, we're going to go back to Preston Kelly. So that makes two in a row. I think he won last Saturday, I think, here. Let me compare these notes. Yep. Uh, front wheel drive went to Wayne Croft, Renegade. We got this thing again. Wally Fowler. Okay. Now, let's uh, what's go the chance of getting Wally on the show? It's very good. Well, even, though, even though him and my driver don't get along too good, but... Well, uh, you, you got to leave that out in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll talk about it, and uh, I'll give him a phone call and see if we can't get him on this show. I'd love to have him. Crate Sportsman went to a Tim Smith. Pure Stock went to Nathan Pierce. Our showtime again. Uh, Thunder Bomber went to a Tim Smith. I think Tim Smith, that might be the same Timmy Smith. He's one of our older drivers, too. But uh, we're also, uh, as far as Gaffney, we're going to start Gaffney up tomorrow because it looks like we're going to have some pretty weather here today. If uh, everybody needs to kind of bundle up just a little bit because we're going to have a big 12000 to win in the super late models. Everybody knows that from what I hear, Scott Bloomquist is back out of the hospital and he is uh, doing pretty good. Uh, but they say that if he's not able to drive, that he's got him a standby driver, and I can't really confirm what I've heard, but we'll just wait and see. But I think his, I know some of his cars will actually be there because he's actually a car builder. How long are they talking about him being out? Well, that's just it. He may be in that car tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I know, and I'm glad you brought that up because I... I wanted to ask you about that. There's there's not too many bigger names, if there is one, in, in that, that so, brand of racing than, than Scott Bloomquist. And, of course, he had a, a motorcycle accident down at Bike Week in Daytona, which, uh, you know, I, it's it happens every year. And I, it's unfortunate that anybody gets hurt, but, you know, he's a big name locally. Well, you know, what was it, last year, year before last, I think it was Denny Hamlin sprung his ankle on playing basketball yeah yeah you know these boys that drive these race cars and stuff like that you know they they've got to look at what they actually do as far as being able to perform next week well i mean it, there's nothing new about this i can tell you right now I, now i have to look up the year it was in the late 60s i believe might have been 68 or 69 that al unser fell off a motorcycle riding around in the parking lot. I think he was acting up a little bit at Indianapolis and missed the 500. And because uh, I know Bud Tinglestad had to take his place. And that was, uh, you know, you, you got to think about what you're doing. Well, when, yep. when, you know, and a lot of these car owners, uh, that's what got 
Gary Bettenhausen canned because of, he wanted to run these sprint cars and midgets and all this stuff, and Penske let him do it. And he, you know, he ended up getting real hurt real bad, and um, he never really got back where he was in Indy cars because Penske said that's it. He was also driving Penske's, Penske's stock car at the time. Um, quickly, I, I took in that last show last weekend after the 12 hours of Sebring was over. And watch the um, Australian Grand Prix, which was run, I think it ended up right at 3 o'clock Sunday morning. If you've never watched the Grand Prix race, I mean, uh, it, it's just, it's like, it's almost like watching slot cars. And the technology is so incredible. And the way they do it and the, the podium. And the, it's just, it's, it's really something to behold. And they got a whole bunch of them left. That was only the first one. And... Uh, Valtteri Bottas won it. He's from Finland, and he drives on the Mercedes team with Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton took the pole. Bottas hadn't won a race in two years since, I think, the last race of night of uh, 2017. And um, jumped out front at the start and said adios, or ever, how you say goodbye and finish. And, uh, and he did finish out front. So uh, that was, uh, it was quite a happy uh, victory lane for him because I think they had sort of well, he, he wouldn't be written off because he's running with the top team in Formula One, but he's just not one that shows up in victory lane that often. And um, so he's back, and he's on obviously on top of their point standings. Lewis Hamilton was second. Max Verstappen was third. Sebastian Vettel was fourth. And um, Charles Ladaire, Leclerc was, was fifth. Now, Kevin Magnuson drives the only American entry, which is uh, uh, the, the Haas car which is actually a Ferrari that they farmed out, and he finished sixth. So it was a very good, fin- uh, a very good finish for uh, Kevin Magnuson. The other uh, car that runs with him on, on the Haas team is Roman Grosjean, and he was running pretty well as, and uh, fell out after 20 laps, so uh, he, uh, he did not finish. But the Grand Prix boys are off this week, and they will run at um, Bahrain next week. Which is uh, in the middle of the Persian Gulf, I think. I went there one time, believe it or not. And I'll tell my Bahrain story next week. Yeah, it's one of those really hot places. <clears throat> it was hot when I was there. With a lot of sand. Because uh, uh, there wasn't a war going on there, but they were, they were fighting all around. And that was, uh, that was in the mid-80s. Um, so, Ronnie, is everything looking okay over here? Something just went to zero. We're good? We're good. Okay. okay. I don't have to push any buttons yet? Not yet. Uh, but I push one in about three minutes? Okay. Oh. Uh, like, as I said, I'm still trying to figure this out. Uh, volume up on this one? Okay. Down a little bit. Okay. And you're, uh, folks, you're learning along with me here this morning. And uh, I had nothing to do with the uh, testing the emergency broadcast system this morning that just <laughs> happened to luckily be while I was uh, in my first 10 minutes of uh, of doing Ronnie's job for him. Not quite flying solo, but you're pretty close. I tell you what, and we are not in any shape, way, or form trying to get rid of Ronnie. It's just that he's going to have some weeks that he has to do uh, Burns track and Southern Wesleyan football or, or uh, softball or baseball. Southern Wesleyan track. Southern Wesleyan track and upstate softball and baseball. And Ronnie's just got a full plate with uh, 
his uh, golden tones over the public address system, and he's not always going to be able to make it here. And so somebody... I have a microphone, will travel. Well, that's right. And so, you know, there's a lot of times I don't want to have to tell Ryan Clary that, you know, can somebody fill in for Ronnie this week when uh, all I got to do is learn to do this myself. And I've sort of put it off and put it off and wanted to learn it over the winter and, uh, and didn't do it for one reason or another. So anyway, here I am trying to learn to do it today. And it's uh, everybody says it's easy and it's no problem. But uh, and I may say the same thing in a couple of months. But right now I, I'm sort of stumbling through it. And if there's some some dead air here or there or you get uh, two people talking or two things playing at the same time, that's that's my fault, too. But you uh, you just bear with us and um, hopefully we'll have a. Good show, even if Ronnie's not here. I'm sure you will. Well, I'm not so sure, but I hope so. Uh, once again, this will be a good opportunity to thank Lanny McKinney, who does our podcast every week. And uh, I don't know if he uh, gets in and edits these things to take out the bad spots, but he's going to have his work cut out him if he's out for him if he does it today, if for nothing else, for that uh, testing of the emergency system. But... Ronnie, I mean, uh, Lanny, we appreciate everything you do for us, and uh, you always do a great job. That's our podcast where you can you can listen to all of our shows. Just go on your smartphone to podcast and put in Start Your Engines, and he's got every show we've ever done. And I actually am getting into the habit of, uh, after I get my yard work done, which I haven't had a chance to do much this year, but after I get my yard work done, I sit out there in a the lounge chair and listen to it, or listen to most of it, and I... Uh, very entertaining. I find myself chuckling at what we say and what our guests say, and it's a, it's a, it's something. If you're just uh, need something to listen to, pull up our podcast. Any of them with uh, some really great veteran old timers and and some new people that sometimes are a little mic shy, but you can hear them all. Some up and comers. Some up and comers. Okay, Ronnie, we got about ten seconds. Is this about our good time to do it? That's good as any. Okay. Let's see if we can get through this here, and I'm going to click on the uh, stop automation, start automation. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to do this right now. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg from the Beacon Driving Studios. Want to talk racing with the guys? Call the Sign Force hotline now at 864-468-1400. Start your engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirit's tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirit's carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirit's apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirit's. Reedville Road on Spartanburg's West Side, where customer service is the difference. This is the sound a McDonald's bag makes when you grab it. Now that just sounds like a paper bag, but to Nate, it sounds like... Because Nate hooked himself up like a champ. Improved you can save on the delicious food you crave. Wake up to the freshly prepared McChicken Biscuit or the sweet and savory taste of the new Chicken McGriddles. Just $1.59 each. 
Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I plant thai. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon whip, no trim. <laughs> I had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John B. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. I plant I used to have a sweet tooth, had it removed when I was a kid. So what do I crave instead of chocolate? A big red box from Granger. Granger satisfies my craving for great customer service with 24-7 support, effortless ordering, and same-day pickup or next-day delivery options. No busy signals, no cavities. I love Granger. You know why? Because when it comes to reliable product and technical support, Granger's got your back. Call or click Granger.com to see for yourself. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Hey, it's Ben Maller. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. All it takes is 15 minutes to find out if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. And Geico offers coverage for more than just car insurance. Got a motorcycle? Geico's got you covered. Got an RV? Covered. Got a boat? Covered. And there's so much more Geico could help with. Plus, don't forget the discounts. So listen up. Go to Geico.com today. See how much you could save. That's Geico.com. Fox Sports 1400 is now bigger and better than ever. Why? You were on an FM station. Because we're now on the FM dial at 98.3. Fox Sports 1400. Now bigger and better at 98.3 FM. Welcome back to Start Your Engines, and we're going to bring on a guest now that uh, Alan's lined up for us, Mr. Josh Hellams. Go, Alan. Josh, you there? Yes, sir. How you doing? Doing good, sir. I see where you won in your Thunder Bummer division last week at Traveler's Rest Speedway. Yes, sir. Was it an easy win for you? Uh, no, sir. No win's ever easy. It always... Uh a lot of work goes into it through the week. It may look easy on the track, but uh, mm-hmm. racing's not easy. Yeah. I can think of some of his competitors, what they would think if he said, yeah, that was a breeze. It might not have been so easy next time. Well, I see I see some of the people that run behind Josh here. Timmy Smith, some of these old guys that's been, uh, they, they've been racing, uh, I guess, about, probably about twice as long as Josh. I, I think I made a mistake on your age. How old are you, Josh? I'm 17. 17. I'll be 18 in June. Well, that's that's where I kind of made my mistake. I, I think you've already graduated high school, hadn't you? I did. I graduated uh, in December a little early. I decided to uh, go ahead and get that out of the way. That's great. Great to get it done early. Where did you graduate from? Which high school? Woodruff High School. A Wolverine. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I bet he's the we, Wolverine. We don't, we don't claim it. We don't claim it outside of Woodruff, though. Well, I tell you what, I bet you're Wolverine on that track, and uh, I love having a up and coming Spartanburg driver because we need him. Well, Josh, uh, tell us a little bit about your background there. How'd you get into this? Did you start out? I think you started out in go karts and stuff. Yes, sir. Uh, back in 2011, around July, I competed in my first go kart race. Uh, over at Sugar Tit Speedway in Sugar Tit, South Carolina. Um, Goob Waddell runs, you know, always runs an awesome program there, so shout out to him. But, um, you know, it, it started out, started out down there and we just sort of slowly progressed. Um, we, we got really close to some national titles. We won a state title. Um, so we, we, we really had a lot of success in karting, but it wasn't, it wasn't quite, the same, I guess you can say, as the cars. I was always a bigger kid, um, and so it was a little bit difficult being competitive because with the carts, every piece of weight you can put where you want it, you know, is, is a really big deal. Uh, I was always bigger than the other kids, but um, so we got into car racing back in 2015. Uh, that's whenever we kind of decided to end the karting career on sort of a good note. Um, had a pretty pretty good previous year, but. We started back and built the car in, in late 2015 and uh, had our first race over at Traveler's Rest Speedway in March of 2016. So it's been a fun journey. Um, you know, lots of people that, that helped me out and it's always been well, backing me. Well, given people that helped you out along the way here, your sponsors and stuff like that, it's on the Savet Race Car. Give him a shout out while we're right here. Yeah, well, um, of course, my mom and dad. I think that uh, I think my mom and dad they're listening, um, but you know, got to thank them. They always always have backed me through the through the hobby and through the racing. Um, I got a couple new new sponsors whenever I got into the cars. Affordable Pest Control, Israel Robinson. There, he does an awesome job keeping your house clean of bugs. Um, you know, preventing termites, stuff like that. So he's really really been a lot of help. He helps us over the year. Carolina Driveline, man. Tom, he uh, he's just a good guy all around. He helps just about anybody, and he's always uh, always helped us. Um, Lanny Irby, man, he builds the best race car in my opinion around. As far as you know, in, any of his competitors go, they just they, they can't shake a stick at him. Lanny is awesome. Lanny is an awesome guy. Um, he's always supported me and in, in our our racing career. So, um, I mean, they're just. And my, my fans, man, my family, my family, they, they're everywhere we go. We take the whole family. My brother, uh, both sets of my grandparents, I'm lucky to still have them, blessed to have them. Um, you know, they, they go everywhere we go. Uh, so, I mean, I'm just surrounded by really good people, and that, that makes it all the fun. It's a family affair. We all we all do it together, and um, that's kind of what it's about. If it's, if it's not about family and it's not fun with family, what's the point in doing it? That's exactly right. This kid's got got it together. I yeah. tell you that right now, and I hope uh, I hope it stays uh, going this well for you. And I, I hope we got all those listeners. <laughs> yep. But uh, I see where at one time I think you was running a crate late model series and stuff. Uh, from what I hear, you wasn't having that much fun with it, or what? Now you went back to this Thunder Bomber series, and it's kind of put the driver back into the program. Yeah, we um. 
we went 602 late model racing. Uh, well, we started off in Thunder Bomber. It was the beginner class back when we started. Um, we, we won some races our first year. Had a really awesome first year. We moved to Crate Sportsman about midway through the year. Uh, we ended up winning the Crate Nationals over at Harris. Um, just kind of moved through the ranks there. Decided we wanted to kind of get away from that because at the time, man, you were just, it was like you were junking cars every week in Crate Sportsman. I'm sure some of the other guys could, uh, <laughs> could compare it. It was getting really rough, and so we decided to buy a 602 late model. Um, we had had a lot of fun. I, I mean, I, I had fun doing it. Don't get me wrong, racing's fun in general. Uh, we we won a race that we won a race down at Lawrence, and their 602 division had a lot of fun racing with the guys down there. But it's just like with the late model stuff; it's so advanced technology-wise, shocks, springs, stuff like that. It, it's just it, it wasn't fun for us. And like I said, if there's no fun in, in it with family and all, and it just, it, you can tell, it just, it gets frustrating at the shop during the week. Um, there's just, you really don't have any drive to go to the racetrack and, and, and really race, to be quite honest with you. So, yeah. we went back to the Thunder Bomber deal. They announced they were going to um, have the big Thunder Bomber Classic race two years ago, whenever they announced that. I, and I told my dad, I said, we're going Thunder Bomber race. It's cheaper, it's a lot more fun. And it puts the driver in the cars. I mean, yes, you do have to have good equipment. You know, it, it makes a difference when you get out in the shop all day, you know, every day, or when you get home from work or whatever, and, and work on the car. Um, that that really makes a big difference. A lot of guys don't understand that. They think that you just, you know, have a parts shop and throw parts on it and, and go race. But it takes a lot of a lot of work too. If you've got, you know, decent equipment that you can work with. You can make your equipment work too. So that's that, that's been our biggest our biggest thing is just working on the cars and and kind of racing where we can afford. To be honest, I mean, a lot of times in racing it's not fun when you're all over the place because you you know it's 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 tough to afford being in one class or the other. So we just do it for fun and um, like I said, no fun. It, it's it's just not not worth doing if you're not having fun. So well, when it starts it's all about when it starts feeling like work, that might be the time to think about something else. Which leads to my question: um, Where do you want this to lead? Or, or do you have aspirations to be a race driver? I mean, permanently. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm 67 years old, and I wish every day I could be a race driver. But I mean, is that what yeah, you want to do? I, I enjoy the driving. I'm actually over at Cherokee Speedway right now. We've been working on the track. Um, all week getting it ready i really enjoy this side of it too um and, and i've always wanted to be a promoter uh to own and wow. operate a racetrack that that's my end dream um now if somebody would come up and say hey i want you to drive my super late model or i want you to drive you know this or drive that i, I mean i i probably wouldn't turn it down but my ultimate goal um is to run a racetrack because it not knocking anybody around here, but a lot of times you run into some um, promoting issues as far as just not being able to, I guess, do it the right way, for lack of a better word. But I just want to be, uh, be a track promoter and try to do right by the racer and by the people. I know what it's like to be done wrong at the track, so that's what it's kind of all about in, in my perfect world would be to own a track and right by just about everybody so i gotta tell you that's not the answer i expected alan but that's a great answer <laughs> well listen here the guy that's always wins and stuff like that 
he's always saying that the track's trying to do him wrong whenever the guys back at the back back there is coming forward. Well, if you got a problem with the track tonight, <laughs> I think you know where to go. Uh, Josh has been working on it all week. Well, that's... Well, oh, we go- dear. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to be over there this afternoon, and I think, uh, you know, we're going to see what this track looks like, and now I know who to go to. Well, i got to ask one question here, and this just came came to me earlier in the season. Did you, did you have to use any soap? Did you put any uh, soap suds on the track or whatever Alan was telling me about y'all use sometimes? Um, uh, that's classified. <laughs> <laughs> we we don't we don't like to just close tricks because if it works good, if it doesn't, then we need to go back and punt. But. Well, I got a guy here. He'll tell me next week whether it worked or not, and, and he'll get his soil analyst out there and tell me what uh, what the makeup of the clay was. Um, I got another question for you that I, I usually ask the uh, younger drivers. Um, how's uh, how's being a race driver at your age for for finding uh, companionship of the opposite sex? Um, there's a lot of lizards, pit lizards. Jeff, watch out for those. <laughs> um, pit lizards. But, I mean. <laughs> yeah, my mama always says you, you got to watch out for those and not to let them distract you or bring you down. But it, we've always made a joke. Um, I, I was leading a big renegade race, and I had something break on my car. I ended up turning in front of the field about a straightaway. And I said, oh, Mom, it was the, the pit lizard on the fence on the straightaway. That's, that's all it was. But I've heard them call fence bunnies too, but we're talking about our female fans, and we need them. So let's don't let's don't disparage them too much here. Oh yeah, yeah, it's always good to to have uh, female fans, um, but you do have to be careful. I mean, it, and that goes both ways. It it really does. It's, I mean, if you're a female driver, you have to be careful just not to get bogged down in society. I guess it's a tough world these days, and uh, being a younger person is. Uh, is tough because you have a lot of a lot of uh, negativity in the world, but it's not a political channel. So. <laughs> no, you're doing great. You're doing great. You just you say it, and uh, and we'll air it. You're a, you sound like a fine young man, and with um, with your desire to be a promoter rather than a top or, or a race driver, which. You know, I, I, as I said, I didn't expect that answer. And I, that's a great answer because, um, you know, you hear the horror stories about how NASCAR even got started with the promoters running off with the money. And I've I've heard stories since then, you know, about promoters. And there's famous promoters and there's infamous promoters. And um, it sounds like uh, you are on the right track to be a, to be somebody that looks out after the fans and the drivers and... Uh, and it's dedicated to putting on a good show wherever you land. Yes, sir. Um, like I said, it's, it's all about the fun, and it's all about the fan, too. I mean, if the fan's not having fun, I look at it this way. If there's no fan, there's no racetrack. So it kind of goes both ways. You have to take care of the uh, of your uh, your race fans, too. That's, that's To me, that's the most important part, to make sure it's a good show for them. So but although we, we do love to win... Um, you know, Tribal Nationals, we had an awesome race over here, just side-by-side side for laps after laps over here at Cherokee Speedway, and it was really it was really amazing. So that's it's all about the fans, too. Well, from what I hear, you got you got a top-notch race car, and for somebody that's not going to race in this race tomorrow and going to sit out and make sure that everybody at the racetrack is having a good time, that, that tells me a lot about you. Yes, sir. It just it can't always be about you. 
you know, you do have to try to do your best. Um, Chad Wilson, he's the he's been on the grader all week this week. He asked me a week ago if I'd come help him, um, and I and I told him, yeah. I said I I'm doing it like I like I would want it to be. You you never want to go to a racetrack and the track be just terrible or rough or or um, you know really muddy or really dry. It, it's all about perfection, to be honest, on a track. And um, like I said, I just strive to do the best that that I can. Uh, because I know that I would want the best. So, you know, past that, there's not much you can do. Yeah. And people don't realize that it's a lot of times it's the people behind the scenes that really don't get no credit for this. You know, the people that work in the concession stands that gives up every Saturday night and stuff like it to be over there. For us, I ain't going to say that for us to have a good time, but that's that's one of our passions. Yes, sir, it is. And like I said, it's. It's all a, a well-oiled machine by the time Saturday night racing comes down. It's not just about cars on the racetrack. It takes a lot more than that. So, You know, I'm, I'm kind of halfway outspoken to the, you know, tech people sometimes. You get along with them? Yes. Um, it's always good to have a, <laughs> a good relationship with the, the tech guys. And I look at it this way. I mean, if, if you're, you know, constantly cussing and fussing them then you can't really expect much respect out of them um so it, it makes it makes it difficult you know whenever but here's the thing you know i look at it this way in life in general just treat someone with respect and about the best you can expect in return is respect and if they don't give it then you know then you may have a reason to to disrespect them for uh for some reason but um as far as, as tech men go they have a job to do you know, at the end of the day, they're going to be right one way or the other because the promoters always back the tech men. So you just kind of have to, uh, I guess, bite down on your pride or, or hide your pride away and, and just say, yes, sir, we'll, uh, we'll get it fixed. So yep. that, that's about the best you can do. And we're going to go home without a win. So, uh, like I said, you sound like you're getting it all together. Your family's doing a great job. Everybody, if you ain't got your family out here and racing, I don't see, you know, uh, that's most of the fun right there. But uh, we fixing to wrap this show up right here with you, and we're going to have to go to a commercial break here in just a minute. I'm going to turn it back over here to Perry. You got anything else there, Perry? Nope. I just want to tell Josh how much we appreciated him coming on the show, and I'm very impressed with him, and uh, I think we'll be hearing from him on and off the track in the future. Thanks for coming on the show, Josh. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all having me. All right. That's Josh Hellams. And he's a young man that's uh, getting uh, his feet wet in racing. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be hearing more about him in the future. But right now, we're going to take our last break and come back and just sort of wrap it all up, shoot the bull a little bit. You are listening to Start Your Engines from the Beacon Driving Studios in Spartanburg. It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. 
Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I ain't playing Thai. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon whip, no trim. <laughs> I had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John B. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. I ain't playing Thai. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Hey, Mitch, do you like barbecue? Are you kidding me? I love barbecues, hot dogs, burgers. No, 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 Mitch. Not not that stuff. Not just random stuff cooked on grill. I'm talking about real southern barbecue, brisket, pulled pork, ribs. Hmm, that does sound good. Where can I get that kind of barbecue? I'll tell you what. The best place around is Game Day Barbecue in Duncan. They have authentic southern barbecue, like those ribs, that brisket, and that pulled pork, all coupled with great sides like macaroni and cheese, slaw, potato salad, baked beans. It's all great stuff. Game Day Barbecue Highway 290 in Duncan. This ain't no Yankee barbecue. They do things the old-fashioned way. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? Hold on, let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Ask yourself, if you built a van for your business, where would you start? At the beginning, of course, with the people who invented the work van over 100 years ago, Mercedes-Benz. You'd give your new Mercedes-Benz Sprinter advanced technology and safety to keep you connected and protected. You'd make it available in diesel and gas, and there would be thousands of configurations and upfits to choose from. You build it right here in the USA, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves nothing less than a van that's built for you. Introducing the all-new Mercedes-Benz Sprinter, the safest, most innovative Sprinter yet, starting at just 33790 Built for you, the all-new Sprinter, built in the USA. Mercedes-Benz. Vans. Born to run. MSRP excludes all options, taxes, title, registration, transportation, charge, and dealer prep fee. Options, model availability, and actual dealer price may vary. See dealer for details about costs and terms. Equipment described as optional. 2019 Mercedes-Benz printer available soon. Want to find out what's going on on Fox Sports 1400? Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. We have everything you need, including the all-important Listen Lively. Find it all at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Welcome back to our final segment. I cut that off too quick, didn't I? That's fine. Well, well I, it was 
sounded good when I was fading it, but um, I'm getting the hang of it, Ronnie. Uh, well, get, you can just leave it on. Okay. And that's you can still. It's not too loud. But I, I can hear it. That's okay. You can still talk over it. Okay. Um. So as far, do I? Did, I, did you, I make a C? As long as, you, as long as you've got headphone cord. <laughs> did I at least get a C for my? for doing this so far. I'll give you a B plus. No? Okay, well, we're not done. I got to tell you, I got this, I use these headphones and I use them every week and I used them all last year and I've had them since I went to college to journalism school. And they weigh 43 pounds. They they belong in the Museum of... uh, of broadcasting or something. They're 40, I guess they'd make them about 49 years old. I'm wearing them right now. This uh, cable's got a coil in it that has long since coiled out and it's... uh, (laughs) Without the coil in it, this thing's about 20 feet long. I mean, it is long. And somehow or another, just sitting here, just sitting here doing this show today, it is so wrapped around the trunk of this chair that we bought that I've only got about a, a foot to play with here. I mean, I don't know how I did it. I, I think somebody's I'm not under... I'm real sure myself. I don't know. Somebody must be under the table here wrapping it around because it's impossible for me to have done this unless I just sat here and spun around in the chair. And I'd have to spend... The wheels, you know, on the the legs, I'd have to spend the whole thing around to do what I've done. And it may take me to about 2 o'clock to get it untangled. But anyway, let me touch on what we got going on today and tomorrow. What's on TV today? Well, here we go. The... uh, as I mentioned earlier, the trucks will be on at 2 o'clock, and that's a one-hour delay from uh, whatever FS1's got going on. Uh, cup qualifying is at 5 o'clock this afternoon, and I think that'll be on FS1. The uh, Indy cars will qualify at 3 o'clock this afternoon from that beautiful racetrack in Austin, specially built for uh, for the Indy cars and the Grand Prix cars. They ran late last year at the end of the grand prix season i mean it's just it's just it's incredible that track and it's um it's not a street course it's a it's a speedway or uh, not a speedway it's a road course and um they will run tomorrow it's called the indycar classic at the uh, circuit of the americas it's called and that will be at one um 130 green flag i think the broadcast comes on at one o'clock and that is on nbc sn it um well, we would be kind of remiss, too, if we didn't mention what well, most every TV in Spartanburg is going to be tuned to about 2.30 this afternoon. Yeah, we got to mention, I tell you what, I love racing, but to heck with it. I'm watching Wofford. If you missed that game Thursday night, I mean, it didn't come on till 9.40, but it was, I tell you what, they got out in front of of Seton, Seton Hall and got to a 16-point lead there in the first half, and then I think it was 10 at the half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've ended up about midway through the second half, actually losing the lead. Yep, they were down by one with about eight minutes to go, and it, it lit a fire. And Coach Young said, "You know, I didn't have to tell those boys anything. They knew what to do. I have supreme confidence in them." And they just went back out and ran it back out to eighteen points in the last two or three minutes. I mean, yeah, they had four straight three pointers to end the game. Yeah, with uh, Fletcher McGee and Nathan Hoover, yes. banging away and course now fletcher mcgee he had two three-pointers in the first half and the first shot and he, that's what he needed to tie to tie the record all-time three-point record for ncaa college uh basketball and on the first shot of the second half 
He uh, he had a four-point play. But yeah, but he faked that poor old guy out from Seton (laughs) Hall. I mean, he like juked to his right, and that guy looked like he was running to get a box of popcorn. He ran so far out of the picture, and he hit that thing, and that place went crazy. And of course, he said, "You know, I didn't know that was the one that broke the record, but I kind of figured it was because of the way everybody went crazy." But I got an idea. He knew he only needed one. Got an idea. He did. So. so at 2.30 this afternoon, I think maybe actually closer to 2.40, they will take on the Kentucky Wildcats, who have eight national championships. I don't think that's the most. I don't know how many UCLA has, but they probably got about 10 well, or 12 under John Wooten. If you heard Mike Young talk about his players uh, before this this last game, he talked about how smart they were and that all his players graduated. Yep. Well, when Calipari, the Kentucky coach, was at uh, Cincinnati, I heard him say on TV one day that his job had nothing to do with graduating players. They hired him to win basketball games. And that's what he does, and he's the king of the one and done, And as I heard him called. I didn't come up with that yeah. myself because uh, Coach Krzyzewski's right there with him on that. And but, you uh, won't find a finer young man than Mike Young. Mike Young is, uh, well, he's getting on up there. He's about 60 now. Isn't he 61 or something? I'm not sure. He is. I think I heard him say he was 61. But, uh, well, to me, that's young. To us. Yeah, to us. And, I, and I've known him probably 25 years. I tell you. I, and he's just a good guy. Let me tell you my Mike Young story real quick. I'm at Publix uh, a couple of years ago on a rainy, cold Sunday. Uh, and he's in front of me in line, and he had obviously, I think he had just probably come from church, but he looked like he was on the dress for the sidelines with his black suit and his gold tie and his white shirt. And I just, I don't know him. I've been around him a little bit. He, his kids went to Pine Street, his daughters, and Hannah, my daughter, they knew each other, and they'd have these assemblies and things, and we'd sort of sit next to each other and chat and talk. But I don't, Mike Young would know me if he walked in the door. But we're in line there at Publix. And I just stuck out my hand and I said, how you doing? Something that just happened. I think they won or something. I said, how you doing, coach? Congratulations and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, what's new? And he looked at me and said, well, I found out yesterday that when we opened a new Jerry Richardson basketball uh, uh, athletic center or whatever it is, the first um, opponent's going to be the University of South Carolina. And I'm like, now, he's telling me this in line at Publix, <laughs> yeah. and I don't think anybody knows it. No, I, I remember when you told me about that, uh, it had not been made public. And I, so that next Monday, I'm sitting there working from home at my desk, and I'm like, do I call Hauser and Clary and t- tell them what <laughs> the coach told me in line? Because I mean, I, maybe they know it, maybe they don't. May, and so I decided the wisest path would be to keep my mouth shut and let it get announced when it needs to be announced. But I swear, he told me that standing right there in line, and he didn't say, now keep this under your hat. <laughs> he just said, we're playing South Carolina in the first game, and uh, it was, uh, I think they won, too, if I'm not mistaken. I know I went to, no, that was with that, that goofball they had before um, the the coach they've got now. I, his name escapes me. What's his name? Martin? Martin. Yeah, uh, and he, uh, that guy they had from Western Kentucky, he, uh, they, he brought the Gamecocks up here one time and Walford cleaned their clock, as they did this year in Columbia. Yeah. So uh, they ought to quit scheduling South Carolina. Or South Carolina should quit scheduling, scheduling Walford. I'll get it out in a second. So anyway, yeah, you're right. That's at 2.40 this afternoon, and I wouldn't miss it for anything. And I'll tell you the truth. I mean, they might win. I they, mean, they've got a good shot. I don't know what the spread is. I noticed 
in the Charlotte or in the Spartanburg paper uh, Thursday, we were two and a half point favorites over Seton Hall. Right. So, uh, and, and we were, you know, considerably higher seed. So we were supposed to win, and that was not an upset, as I heard several people say. Right. That was supposed to happen that way. So, anyway, that's. Uh, that's something I wouldn't miss, and uh, the racing will have to take a back seat, and the beautiful weather will have to take a back seat because I'm going to watch that one. As I mentioned earlier, the trucks run this afternoon at two. I think I've mentioned that four or five times now. We'll be done with that tomorrow. The Cup cars are at Martinsville. It's always a pretty exciting race. I uh, love watching the Martinsville race. Yeah, it's uh, like I say, it can foster some bad. Uh, Somebody's going to get mad at somebody, <laughs> and it's a good place to settle up old scores. So. Uh, I don't know how many of those we have to settle up right now, but they uh, will. I heard Nelson say, my sheet here says 2 o'clock on FS1. I heard Nelson say 207, because, yeah. of course, he has to be more exact. And uh, that will well, be... he's a scientist. He is a scientist. And uh, so we have um, action over at Cherokee Speedway this afternoon or this evening. Yeah. Well, I don't know, when can you get in and what what will it cost and is anything going on anywhere else? Gates are going to open at 4 this afternoon. We're going to start practicing from 6 to 9. I don't think it's anything to get into the stands, but he usually charges to get down here on Pitt Road. Uh, I was looking here at the schedule. I doubt if we'll have too many super late models over there because the world of outlaws started out uh, Friday night at Duck River Raceway Park. Duck River. Where is that? That is in uh, Lewisburg, Tennessee. So they started out Friday there. Tonight they are going to be at Smoky Mountain Speedway in Maryville, Tennessee. So them boys will actually load up from there. To after tonight, they will come to Gaffney tomorrow. So they will be putting on a good show. They run three nights a week. They actually started off paying $10,000 Friday night, $12,000 tonight at Smoky, and $12,000 at Gaffney tomorrow. That's a bunch of money. Wow. That's the way these boys try to line this deal up for these super late model boys. They try to get them all in one location where they don't have, you know, maybe 70 to 100 miles to travel. And these boys actually sleep in these trucks and trailers. Mm. And That's great. It makes for a great show. It does. It makes for a great show. It'll be a big old moon out there. It's not full anymore. It's waning. But it's well, uh, a full moon to a race car driver something about, I always said, you know, I got a, I got a T-shirt. It's got a full moon on it. <laughs> and I like to put an oxygen bottle in there and put some air to my n- driver's nose because some something about full moon, I don't like seeing it coming up over on the second turn at Gaffney. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you didn't run on uh, Wednesday night yep. because it was yeah. a big, big one out there. But, but I need to give a shout out. I just got a text. Uh, my daughter, which is Danny's wife, is actually washing the truck and trailer. Uh-oh. She said uh, Danny's working today. Dad's doing the radio station. Uh, I'm doing, I'm washing the truck and trailer. So, you know, it's a family deal. And she's listening to the show, I hope. And she's listening to the show. Well, that's so, great. And, um... Hey, Danny's wife. Yeah. You did, uh... You did mention T-shirts, and I guess they're out in the truck. Uh, I looked, uh... I gotta get y'all sizes. <laughs> yeah, I told you, extra large. Anything to do with me is an extra large. Oh, me. And mine's fat boy. Okay, I've got, I've got some. I'll take a large. I'll squeeze into it. Okay. Uh, need to give a shout out to the boys up there at Spartan Crankshaft. He told me they was working today. He said, we'll be listening. Y'all boys are doing an awesome job up there at Spartan Crankshaft. They keep our, they keep us going. Don't get me wrong. We we kind of limited. It'd be hard to run without a crankshaft. Yeah, we kind of limited to our crankshafts, 